Excellent podcast, episode number 43. My name is Dave. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Bill and Dave Show. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bill and Dave Show. Thank you again for listening. You know, 2017 has been awesome so far. We've had a lot of fun guests, a lot of interesting guests so far. Uh, we're off to a good start, so I want to definitely say thank you to everybody who's been on the show and thank you to everybody for listening. Today is no different. Let's go to the phones. All right, on the phone right now, we've got a guy you might have seen in the Netflix show Flaked, uh, actor George Basil. Welcome to the show, sir. Hey, thank you so much for having me, man. Hey, uh, congratulations. I know uh, we, we have you on to talk about, uh, to talk about the new show uh, Crashing, premiering on HBO. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be Sunday night, so you're going to be in there with, in that one with uh, Pete Holmes and Laura Lapkus, and it's a Judge Apatow flick, isn't it? It's a, Yeah. How did you get connected with Judd? Oh, man, that uh, all came to Pete. Pete and I are friends from back in New York, and um, he asked me to come read this role in a, in a table read. And when we, when we did that, Judd uh, just kind of was like, yeah, I think, he, I think he fit. So I basically, I, insanely, I didn't have to audition. The audition was kind of the table read itself. And to, to just be given an opportunity to like come in and do that it was, it was the first time it's ever happened to me. Uh, and man, it was just the best. <laughs> well, Judd, Judd's a cool guy. I heard rumors he's uh, he's been. I don't know if he's still doing it, but for a while there, he went back to doing stand up, which is pretty cool for a guy who, who's got a, a resume like Judd to go back to like the comedy cellar in New York. You know? Oh, dude, absolutely. He is still doing it, and. Um, He's got nothing to prove, really, comedically, like you said. Um, but just the, the fact that, that he wants to get up there and, and flex that muscle and keep it fresh is so cool. Uh, yeah, I'm really not just do I admire him for the resume that you mentioned, but just his his willingness to like constantly be growing and... Um, and reaching for like more creative, not influence, but but just he, he just keeps making himself better, man. Like he's already a comedy god, you know. Right, <laughs> you right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was really great, and I got to see him do stand up when we were shooting the pilot in New York. He got up at the cellar, and uh, it's just it's a totally different judge. Like he gets up on stage and he is an awesome standup. And then you see him the next day on set and he is a phenomenal director. Like he can just, he's so precise with what he liked comedy wise. Right. Um, 
that he'll you do the the script and the script is hilarious and then he finds these moments that are more of the character or more of the moment that he likes and then he lets you follow that and just is the most encouraging dude it's it's unreal that's that's he he's a guy he, i mean just his timing's always perfect right so um what can you tell us yeah. what can you tell us about this show like what 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 kind of character uh are you playing and and is there like a like a, a brief summary i mean i i got it online but i thought it's always cooler to hear it from 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 the guy that's in it <laughs> yeah sure um Leaf is is a pretty He's a he's a flawed character, which is cool. Um, some people would even call him a villain because he makes some pretty bad decisions in his personal life. Um, and even though he's he's like a second grade teacher uh, professionally, but and, and so you can imagine that he's really good with the kids and and he's a stand up guy. But when it comes to like his own failing marriage. Uh, he makes some bad choices. And he, what I heard last night at the premiere a couple different times, which is a really huge um, and encouraging uh, compliment that people were paying me, was that he doesn't feel like a villain, even though he, he's doing some some pretty offhanded <laughs> stuff. Uh, so it sounds like he, he still comes out lovable because he's got some... Um, some really good and positive sort of his mentality is really, really positive. And so even though he, he's just transgressed Pete in this horrible way, which you see in the first episode, he's still trying to, to lift Pete up and sort of be, be like, um, a guide uh, of like you know spirituality in, sure. in, a, in a weird way. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. It, it sounds it sounds it sounds really funny. It sounds like a like it's going to be one you don't want to miss. What what's interesting is so so you you're working on that show and that that's one that Judd created, and you're also on Flaked, which Will Arnett created. So another guy who's just you know everybody knows Will Arnett. Um, Powerhouse, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so. He's, no, I was gonna say. So, so how did you get connected with Will? How how did that uh, how did that one come to be? That that was a little bit more of a conventional setup where I went in and I auditioned, and Will was there, and we read together. And so right off the bat, I was just like, okay, but you know, bucket list. Like right there, I'm, I can cross off the list that I got to work with uh, this heavyweight of comedy, and he's another dude who just. He understands comedy so well and, and especially like scripted, situational, funny stuff for television and film that like he was using terms that I like I'd never heard. Like I, I'm, I'm an improv guy from New York. And so I follow a lot of my instinct and I, I'm basically driven by like an impulse of like, all right, I think this would be funny. And I kind of do it in the moment. And he has that, but it's coupled with this insanely deep understanding of of what comedy is going to look like after they've finished cutting it and everything else. So at, at one point, I remember uh, we just shot season two, which is so exciting and was a 
do. Uh, I can't even describe it. I loved every second. But uh, during one take, uh, you know, we like do the take, and then he's he comes up and he's giving me a note because him and Mark Chappell actually directed two of the episodes for this second season, which is exciting. Um, but he's like showing me the line. He's like, and then right here at this part, that's here's the misdirect. And then from here, you go like that, and, you, and I never heard that term, huh. misdirect. I just, you know, I'd never heard it in comedy, and I was like, misdirect, okay. Uh, <laughs> and it just, like, dawned on me, and he can explain stuff without having to, to get, like, explaining about it, for lack of a better term. He doesn't have to, like, school you on it. He can just describe it, and you're like, oh, my God, that's, that's how it works, you know? That's awesome. That, well, with a guy like that, you know, that's... Because when you when you if you come up through improv, you know I can only imagine that when when you meet when you meet somebody like that with that kind of uh, instinct, it's just gotta it's gotta be a good fit, I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, every moment like opposite will is just a treat, and there's you, you never feel unsafe, you know, because like I'm I'm nobody, man. <laughs> I'm opposite. I'm opposite this this dude that is terrifically funny and so capable like he knew my lines better than I knew my lines <laughs> so yeah, that can be really intimidating but instead it was just like I felt I felt totally supported and uh, and that's the credit to him <laughs> super so, so we're working with like a Will Arnett and, and a Judd Apatow, and, and I'm sure there's there's a lot of other names. This is what uh, this is. The, I was doing some research, and I was laughing my ass off at some of this stuff because you don't have you don't have a lot out there. So I'm imagining you keep a pretty private life, which is awesome. I didn't see a lot of social media stuff, but I did come across yeah. a funnier die page with some really <laughs> funny videos, man. And uh, I was curious, okay. are, is are those did are those are you working with with a group of friends or are you are you just in them are these did you write them how 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 seems like you you like to do a lot of these video shorts or you have done a lot of them is it is it something yeah. that you're you're like is it coming from your head because this stuff's crazy i wish i could take credit but no none of them i've never really written any of those things i've just been super lucky to be invited uh, to either audition or just participate in some of those shorts. And, you know, whether it's Funny or Die, whether it's College Humor, whether it's BuzzFeed, there are so many different platforms now with brilliant people that are writing these things. And then, like, I've gotten to work with some really great directors, too, on, on Funny or Die shorts or College Humor sketches where... Uh, it's just so pro. It's not, you know, it's not a feature-length film with a two hundred million dollar budget. It's not a Netflix show, for that matter. It's it's something very small. It's very localized, and we shoot it in a day, sometimes less. And it comes. They come out so great because everybody around it works so hard. But yeah, it's really that's just. I think people seeing. Uh, other things that I had done and then just reaching out and it's awesome. Like, I feel like the luckiest guy in the world. Some of these on paper though, they have to be like, 
I mean, even even with with the comedy background, you have to read some of this stuff. I I, I can only imagine what how it reads. But there was one uh, the one funnier die video. I got to go through a couple. There's one. Uh, there was obviously a mock where you get two strangers together and it's the first time you know they kiss or something, and and they <laughs> the, the mock was like a first shit. And you have two strangers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you get something like that, I mean, is that something like, do you read that and say, this can't be serious, right? <laughs> no, I mean, that's the cool thing about working in this comedy world is like, yeah, that's that's most of the stuff. It's like you read it and you're like, what? How? What? <laughs> but the um, that video was because, yeah, it was a parody on some viral video at the time. I think you're right. Was it first kiss? Or it was like first. I think there was one where strangers see each other naked for the first time, and that's why I'm guessing they were that's going what for it. Was. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so they they parodied that really well. And um, funny enough, that video was the first time that I had met two really good friends of mine. Now, uh, the directing duo of Jack Bishop and Justin Neem, which they they just like invited me for one tiny little part, and it was so much fun and I met all those other people that were in that video that day and you know still have friendships with a lot of them and that's just like when it works well and everybody's so cool it's just hard not to be so stoked all the time you know yeah so yeah I'm glad you like it yeah and then there was a there was a couple that really got me the liarist with Haley Joel Osment I thought oh man yeah <laughs> That was so cool. I I would never think uh, of him in a in a comedic role, but man, I was dying. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Is it? Yeah. It was like uh, I don't even know where to start with that one because it was obviously like <laughs> uh, it was like a parody of The Mentalist, obviously. But he just nailed right. it, and and then you come in. I thought it was a great video. What was the story behind that? Is that something again that you just kind of auditioned for and and they and and got it through that way? Uh, no, that one actually, they asked me to come in and just play that little role of like uh, interrogation guy. And uh, you're you're so right though, like Haley Jawsman in that in that role of just like super serious, over dramatic to the point of like absolute hysterical <laughs> cop stuff. It was just it was perfect, man. He just he destroyed it. And then uh, the other, the other one, and this is probably my favorite one that I watched. I didn't get to, I didn't get a chance to watch all of them, but I watched one. It wasn't on Funny or Die. It was, uh, I think I caught it on YouTube, but I don't know where the original was posted. But you played uh, an assassin in a video called "Guy Too Cheap to Pay for an Assassin." Oh yeah, <laughs> totally. We shot that in my car actually, uh, <laughs> and uh, Dan Siegel is the other actor in that but he's not just an actor he's like a, he was a producer at college humor he also i think directed some videos um that one specifically he didn't direct but he wrote it and my good friend paul Berganti, who was also at college humor at the time he's now at saturday night live directed it and we just shot that in an afternoon you know it's it's easier now more than ever it is easier to shoot things because of our digital capabilities with cameras and stuff. Uh, just easier than it ever has been. So uh, creating content 
it's kind of, you know, a no brainer. Like Dan Siegel just had that funny idea, asked me if I'd be interested. And I was like, of course. Uh, and, and then we just got after it and, and had a blast. And that, that's the thing too. It's, uh, the production value on these, it's, it's, you, you might as well be watching a, a movie or, or, or a Netflix something or other. Cause yeah. it, it looks great. Yeah, no kidding. I agree. It, it's, there are no, there are no obvious things. Like the sound is always perfect. You're not watching like an old timey, like tin, tin sounding or, um, poorly lit thing. Everybody is super pro their background. It doesn't matter if it's on a, on an online platform thing. It's, it's still, everyone's working their tail off and, and being really, really experts at their job. That's cool. So, so you, you said you had a, you touched on a, you had a background in improv and, and, uh, I, I see you, you went to a magnet theater in, in New York. Did you do like a, exactly. like the, did they have like a training, like out here in Chicago, obviously their second city or improv Olympic. Um, oh yeah. Is there, uh, did they have a training course? Did you go through that or did you just kind of know somebody and audition for a team? Uh, they, they do have a training thing. Like they're, they're, they had just started. I moved to New York and started taking classes around New York and, and trying different places. Um, and then the magnet opened its doors and their tra- training program at the time was just a, a couple classes all taught by Armando Diaz, who is a Chicago native. Oh yeah. And yeah. yeah, I mean, Mondo is like, that's the dude, man. He was, I was so like thrilled uh, to be studying with him. And oh, and by the way, every time I've come to Chicago, man, I fall in love with it more and more. I've been there like five or six times. Have you, it doesn't ha- matter what time. I love it. <laughs> have Have you done? Uh, uh, they well, so at I at Improv Olympic, they they do. I don't know if they do it at I O West or not, but they have uh, one of one of their shows is the Armando Diaz experience where obviously it starts with a monologue and everybody plays off of that. Yep. Um, so is totally. that, is that the type yeah. of improv that he, that, that they were teaching over there? Uh, yeah. Well, Armando, he didn't bring his own form, uh, to the magnet right away. I guess that would have been bad form, but, uh, <laughs> he, he, he brought the Chicago style of like slow grounded improv with, you know, some, some game to it, but but not a full focus on game, and and more so like dated comedy and and slow play. So, um, but now they do the Armando at Magnet as well. That's a weekly show now too. But I think that's the longest running improv show anywhere. Yeah, honestly. I think that yeah, IO's been doing that show forever, man, and it's really cool. Oh, it's great! It's great! It's it's. Uh... I, there, there's usually, uh, you know, they get all kinds of people to play and, and, and out here anyway, you know, usually they'll, they'll, you know, maybe yeah. they'll, they'll have, uh, you know, just a guest monologue and, and the improv that comes off of that is, especially when, when you see it and there's people that have been doing it for a long time and are really good improvisers. I mean, it's just amazing to see what they can do with somebody's monologue. It's hilarious. Yeah, man, <laughs> totally. And, and it, it's really cool that it brings out like the, the real heavy hitters and the, the improvisers that have been um, that have been doing it for so long. Um, it's F-
people like Dan Backadall and like Chicago heroes for me that, you know, I'd run to their shows anytime I was in town or then when they moved from Chicago to New York, like, um, so many of them did, like, it's, that was just always such a treat. So, so was it tough for you to decide, I mean, making the move from New York to LA, that's a, that's a pretty big decision. Um, did you already have something lined up or was it like, I'm going to head out there cause that's where the opportunity is at. Yeah, that's, that's all it really was. I, I didn't have anything lined up. I, um, I just sort of, I, I just came out and you know, the first four months were brutal and I didn't have any representation, which I did have in New York. And so then you start second guessing the whole thing. Like, well, I gotta go home. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's that slow grind that you just keep working and hoping for the best. And then if, if you're lucky, you, you start meeting the type of people that I've mentioned, um, that end up being not only great collaborators, but, um, really good friends too. That's 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 so true. You know, you meet so many people in this in this industry. I, I mean, I just I, I went through the training program at, at I/O, and it's you know I wasn't very good at it, but boy, I made a lot of friends, and uh, just people you stay in contact with, and it's cool because you know some people stick with it and and do really well, and some people just you know mess around with it, and you meet some of the best people. And then you go out to LA. It's it's just uh, it's it's got to be intimidating. I would I would think just from the outside yeah. looking in. Oh, for sure. No, it, it definitely is, especially because um, LA has its own community already too. You know, and so for a lot of folks coming from Chicago to LA, coming from New York to LA, you're like like if you went through the IO training program, well then you know a lot of people that you like to perform with. You know a lot of people that make you feel supported and everything else and then you come here and you're like okay all those people are gone <laughs> io west even though there's obviously affiliation io west is its own thing out here so you could be you know io main stage <laughs> in chicago and then you come here and you're like oh i need a, i need a rehearsal like i need a practice group <laughs> and i need to you know get back into like the uh what felt like probably a, a stage that you'd already gotten through but um hey, you yeah, gotta pay your dues though too i guess yeah yeah that's the thing yeah no matter what you're always like paying or repaying <laughs> <laughs> so what 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 do you think is uh for you what was the the, the biggest uh, adjustment to make when you made that move um for me i guess the, the biggest adjustment was like being a driver again. Like I didn't have to drive in New York. Right. And, um, <laughs> so that was like, Oh God, I need to have a car and drive safely and not get frustrated. Uh, but then, you know, I never really got back into the performing every night on an improv stage out here, the way that I was in, in New York, like at the magnet in New York, it was, it was constant and it was basically nightly except for maybe Mondays. But, um, that never fully got back into gear here. And thankfully it was for good reasons and there was work and other things that, that kept me busy. But, uh, that was the biggest challenge. And I still miss it, man. I still miss that, you know, yeah. that rush. And, 
Well, I've, I've been yeah, out to New York one time. It's a it's a beautiful city, but man, it's I thought it was fast paced here in Chicago, and it's just crazy out there. It's, um, yeah, <laughs> that's what I loved about Chicago. Going to Chicago from living in New York is it's just like so much more my speed <laughs> than um, than the, the fast pace of. So, so we got crashing coming uh, coming to HBO here, and it also looks like, and I don't know if this is something. Sometimes you look on this stuff, uh, and I don't know what's true. You can, you know, you can only read, uh, you know, trust half of what you read on the internet. But I see there's a project you're involved with called Poor Craig Drowning in post production. Is that is that anything we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, yeah. I don't, uh, I don't know the the amount of like. It is in post-production. We shot that just a few months ago. I think they finished up. It was Jeffrey Scott Collins wrote and directed that. And um, I don't know how wide of a release it'll get. I don't think it'll, it'll probably be like a festival thing. Sure. At least for um, until they get some sort of distribution. But uh, that was a really cool, cool experience. And the dude, the Graham Sibley that's in it is, just a remarkable actor that was awesome to uh, perform with. That's cool. Is it, and it's is it a, yeah. a, a full like a, a film or a TV show? Because it doesn't give me that's a, whole a feature lot. film. Yeah. Is yeah. It? Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. And that started as like not that I think that started in the script process. I remember Jeff saying that it was going to be like a web series, and then from there. You know, it's that whole grind of like, okay, well, it's going well, and then this, and then that, so that they found more funding for it, and then he sort of expanded it, it seems, and turned it into a full feature, which is just radical. And for a young up-and-coming filmmaker like that, that's just an entire, that's huge. It's just a really great opportunity to come out of it. That's cool. We'll, we'll look out for it. Hopefully, hopefully we get to see it somewhere. You know, some of that stuff it doesn't, like you said, the distribution's kind of goofy, and it's and sometimes it can get buried with other stuff. But hopefully, uh, hopefully we get a chance to check it out. Um, yeah. So, so crashing on HBO uh, with Pete Holmes and Lauren Lapkus. Uh, Lauren, Lauren's a Chicago native too. Uh, oh yeah, that's it. So, so, so that's that's a another that's a cool connection. She, uh, she was in uh, Orange Is the New Black, I believe, and some other things. Um, did you get? I, I obviously we haven't seen it yet. Did you? Do you have a lot of scenes with Lauren? I do. Yeah. So most of my scenes are with Pete, and then I'd say next to Pete, they're with Lauren because uh, my character Leaf and Lauren's character Jeff are the the like a uh, little conniving couple. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we had some great things together. And in the, in the first episode, there is a, a moment of nudity. Um, and Lauren was professional and kind enough to not look. So I have to, like, I have to literally come out of a, of a, bathroom uh post-coital and <laughs> yeah and i'm just like sort of bare and naked and she was so sweet because she knew that i got like, you know no one's comfortable being totally 
disgustingly naked. <laughs> but, uh, so right after we shot that uh, scene, she came over and she was like, I just want you to know I didn't look. Even though I was like three feet, not even three feet from her, uh, she made a huge effort to like not look over. And I mean, there's no more uncomfortable thing. So even if she had, I wouldn't have. It wouldn't have made it that much worse, but it was really sweet of her to like <laughs> make me feel protected. Wait, so that that's got to be an awkward thing. Is that only uh, is, is that your first time doing a, a nude? I'm I'm guessing or or one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah Well, uh, totally like that. Yeah, for sure. It was the first time. There was um, in Flake. There was like a a nude scene, but I had a washcloth, and I was also wearing like a. Uh, I guess it's called a cock sock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. a professional. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that was, that was uncomfortable too, but nothing quite as uncomfortable as like just being all the way out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, then knowing it's going to be on HBO too. So it's <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, uh, we, they screened it last night. We had the LA premiere of it last night and, uh, I'm just, Thank God that they put it on a big screen. You know, <laughs> the big screen helps. <laughs> it adds ten pounds. Hopefully, in the right places, right? Exactly. Yeah. God, that was weird. I'm just waiting for my parents to call. And oh, did they? they, they do they? Think. Do they know? <laughs> or is that going to be a surprise? Yeah, for them? Oh. <laughs> just like uh, just do. just start like five minutes in. We'll be all right. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, that's too funny. Well, George, I really appreciate you taking the time, man. Um, GeorgeBasil.com, or TheGeorgeBasil.com, I'm sorry. And uh, you can check him on Funny or Die and College Humor and all that stuff. Crashing on HBO Sundays. Uh, you're not going to want to miss it. It sounds like a riot. Um, George, is there anything else I can that we can promote for you, bud? Oh, dude, that was it, man. Thank you so much for talking to me, and um, good luck with everything in Chicago. I said hi. All right, will do. Thank you, and good luck to you. We'll talk. Awesome. All right. Thanks, brother. Yep, bye. Okay. Well, there you have it, the very talented, the very funny George Basil. Make sure you check out his show, Crashing, on HBO. It'll be on Sunday nights. You can check your local listings. You know, anything that Judd Apatow is involved with is going to be funny. I think it's pretty safe to say that anything with George Basil, and it's going to be funny, too. So keep an eye out for him. And that's it, episode number 43. Make sure you like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Bill and Dave Show. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Bill and Dave Show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.